All of us real estate agents, we're all seeing the exact same thing. A lot of our peers in our industry are getting out of the business and going back to nine to five jobs. And part of that is because of the economy. And what we're seeing is that most of those folks that are going back to full-time work, they're not listing agents. They're agents that are focused more on buyers. And when you combine that with the, the pending lawsuits with buyer agent commission and who's paying that, there's so much uncertainty. It's more important now than it ever has been to make sure that we are all very skilled on being listing agents. If you wanna learn how to do that and save your business from failure, we're gonna help you do that in today's episode. We're gonna talk about how to win more listings. Welcome to the How to Real Estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jeremy Smith, and this is Kyle Lindsay. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing great today. How has your week been? This has been a pretty good and eventful week. Um, had a power outage at the uh, one of my listings uh, during the inspection. Had to scramble to help take care of that. But, uh, you know, overall, very good week. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners have, have probably experienced that a time or two. You know, <laughs> that, that surprise, oh, there's no water on. Sorry, right. we can't test the water heater. We can't test the AC. Yeah. So uh, did they get it on or did they have to come back? No, they actually got it on. We called the power company and was able to last minute to get it on while they were still there. So it, it all worked out just fine. But nothing like a last minute fire drill when you're on your way somewhere else. Man, you ain't lying, man. I had some clients close this week. There was a remote thing. It's the first time I have ever dealt with the um, ladybird deed, mm. right? So the mom took care of the kids. You know, she had a ladybird deed. And um, so unfortunately, she passed away. And it deeded over to the son, you know, mm -hmm. through this ladybird deed. There was no probate or anything like that, which is really awesome. Very, very easy on them. Um, but the house is here in Arlington, and the sellers live out on, they live in a border town on, mm -hmm. in West Texas, you know, so they're quite a ways away. So there was a lot of logistics going into that and how to get them signed because they, they kind of both do very, involved jobs, you know, mm -hmm. so it was hard to get them on the same schedule to sign. So we actually got them all signed up. They did a mobile notary and they signed at like 8 p.m. last night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm grateful. Grateful for that experience, man. I love learning new nice. things, even though I've been in the business for this amount of time and seen a lot of stuff. We're always learning new stuff. Yeah. 100%. You know, and yeah, tying back into the, the theme of this episode, um, I'm really grateful for coaching. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I'm, I'll get to how it ties back in in a second, but, you know, I think it is underestimated by, especially by a lot of new agents or people that have never experienced coaching and they discount it as a guru thing or a waste of money. And what are they going to tell me? But, you know, I got a coach a couple of years ago, paid him a decent amount of money and taught me a lot. But one of the things that he really pushed was listings and I need to become a listing agent. And if I hadn't gotten to that coach, I would not have developed the skill set and I would not have been where I am today starting that journey into becoming a listing agent. Um, and it has set up my career so much better than if I had just stayed focused on buyers. And that, that is gold right there. I actually had the same experience. You know, mm -hmm. I, I also got a coach and uh, learned to do listings and just, just think about how much longer it would have taken without a coach. Oh man. I mean, I, you know, and I don't use a lot of what he gave me anymore because I've through the years had different coaches and found my own style. Right. But if I hadn't had that initial spark, like I would not have been nearly as successful and had the opportunity to develop my own style. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have won as many listings. Yeah. 
it's invaluable, man. And, and it is unfortunate that a majority of the industry doesn't see the value mm-hmm. in coaching. And I don't know maybe if it's because they they know they're not going to do it. So mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I don't want to pay this money because I know I'm not going to do what they tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll talk about why that, that happens. <laughs> but uh, they definitely need to get uh, – everybody needs a coach, in my opinion. Yeah. You need coaching. You need training. And one thing that we talked about is we're going to create an episode on the the five easiest ways to get listings. Right. So I'm excited for that one because a lot of our listeners are are newer agents, you know, and they don't have a huge budget. So we're going to give you guys some some tips on how to get listings without breaking your budget. You know, a lot of it's going to come without even spending any money. A lot of it's free, free things that you can do to go out there and and nail more listings. hundred percent. Yeah, I'm excited for that because this episode is more about once you have the lead, how do you convert it into a client? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I am also looking forward to the episode where we can actually give some tactical advice on, cause that's one of the biggest things we always hear from new agents or agents, um, in all walks, really, um, yeah. how do I get more leads? Yeah. So if you guys are listening and that's of interest to you, definitely hit subscribe so that, uh, you get notified when we do release that this is actually episode number four, mm-hmm. right? Podcast episode number four, but Kyle, why, why should somebody focus on listings why why are they so critical to our business money money boom <laughs> all right that's it but drop the mic Bye. episode over <laughs> no i you know becoming a listing agent is one it is for the most part it's a sure sale yeah so when you when a listing goes live that person is going to sell their house now obviously expires and cancels are a thing so it's not 100% guaranteed but if you can execute it properly, uh, you're you have a client who's gonna who's going to sell their home. It is a much higher closing percentage than a buyer. Mm. We all have worked with those flaky buyers who take you on forty different showings and end up changing their mind and not actually doing anything. Right. Listings that can happen, but it's a much much lower percentage. So one is, I would say, in your pocketbook, you know, money in your money in your in your pocketbook basically is is reason number one. But two, and I know you can speak to this, but listings generate more business than buyers do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get a sign in the yard that people may call you on, right? And those those are good leads. You have open house opportunities at your discretion. You gain brand awareness mm-hmm. in the community by people just driving by your sign. You can mm-hmm. run ads for that thing. I mean, you can leverage. Um, that was one of, my, one of my notes here is leverage. Mm-hmm. You know, you can leverage a listing to increase your your pipeline you mm-hmm. know and, and you, you really it's hard it's it's much harder to do that on the buy side um you kind of have to rely on on the buyer really to give you referrals or on the listing you can really leverage that a, a lot more yeah it listings buyers don't generate a ton of secondary business unless through through your referral network which is hopefully a buyer will eventually turn into a listing down the road right. but that's a that's a long-term plan Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be able to survive your first five years in the business, which we know 87% of agents don't, right. to ever get to the point where someone that you sold a house to is going to end up listing a house. So right. listings will generate more brand awareness. They'll generate buyers. If you're doing it right, they'll generate more listings. Yeah. So it, it is the best way to actually build a sustainable business is through listings. Yeah, a- absolutely. And then you also have more control of your time. Mm-hmm. you know, with listings, kind of getting to your point with the money is like when you break down the hours that you spend with a buyer 
and let's just say, you know, you close the buyer, you close the listing and you spent the exact same amount of time. Um, well, not the exact same amount of time, but you made the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you dissected how much time you spent with your buyers showing properties, running CMAs, writing offers, yeah. home inspections, the go- like all the things that are involved, like your co- your your return per hour is much higher with listings. Yes. Your time investment's a lot less. And, and you know, going back, you know, we, this could be a whole other podcast topic, but you can leverage listing activities much easier than you can leverage buyer activities. Mm-hmm. Like you could have an admin or a listing coordinator handle most of your back-end listing work. Right. Whereas with a buyer's agent, it's much harder. You have to, you know, paying another agent to open the doors for you is a much more expensive act- activity than it is on the listing side. So... Um, we don't want to go too deep into that today, but that is, it's a lot easier to make more money with a listing. Hopefully that's become clear in the last couple of minutes of us rambling. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and the last thing here, why are listings important before we get to the, the three steps of the listing um, is the perception, mm-hmm. right? Per- perception is reality. And as we build businesses, the best thing we can do is be perceived as as professional and skillful and you know, all of the good things that the real estate industry tends to not be known for. Yes. Right. And so the best way to do that um, is as a listing agent, because you're you're in control in most cases, you're in control of the process. Yeah. So I think that's a big one to the perception that it creates. I agree. Unless you can land yourself an HGTV show where you're showing buyers the three properties and they have to choose one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot harder to become a much more <laughs> successful buyer's agent. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, now you guys understand why why listings are important. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. things that you guys are hearing this, you're thinking of that we missed. Go ahead and post them in the comments. Let mm-hmm. us know why else it is important to be a listing agent, because that is not an exhaustive list. But now let's go into the steps. So what should people be considering to do before they even, or what should they consider before they ever even contact somebody who they're, they're planning or trying to win their listing. This builds perfectly from your last point is perception is reality. Mm. And in today's digital age, if you think that people aren't Googling you, you are mistaken. Oh yeah. Um, right now I think baby boomers have take over, taken over as our largest buying pool at the moment, but it's really neck and neck with, um, the millennials Yeah. and millennials will Google you. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of baby boomers, boomers will too, but you were being Googled. People are finding you on, on the internet. You're being looked up on social media. Yeah. So really the first thing you need to think about is controlling the narrative and your perception. Mm. And in order to do that, you need to present as a listing agent. Right. So what does that look like? Step one to controlling the narrative when you are trying to present as a listing agent is really just posting about listings on social media. Now, this can be a Facebook post, Instagram post, Whatever, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be your listing. And I think that's the biggest hang up is people say, I don't have any listings. Well, you should be part of a brokerage that does. Right. And as anyone that knows in the industry, you don't own your listings. That's an agreement with your broker. So you can use those listings. Now, I would recommend reaching out to the actual listing agent, getting permission. But I mean, to be really frank, you don't need it. Your broker owns the listing, not that agent. Um, It's just, it's a professional courtesy. And I would recommend doing it. So step one is, is life cycle posts. I know you use these quite a bit when you were building your listing uh, brand. So what does that look like? A concern for me was always remaining professional. Mm -hmm. You know, like people seeing 
that I'm active in real estate. I'm knowledgeable in real estate. And, there, and there's nothing on my page or any of my social media platforms that's divisive. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that was pretty much my bread and butter, you know, and posting content that is not, that is educational, you know, because the more you educate people, the more the perception is, is that you're knowledgeable because you're obviously educating people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're confident enough to put it out there for the world to see. Right. That was really my strategy. Hey, let, let me post a f- uh, an equal amount of business stuff, personal stuff, mm-hmm. and then make sure that the content is professional. And that doesn't have to be professionally recorded, right? But right. I shouldn't look disheveled. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't probably be using a bunch of cuss words like I do in the podcast. <laughs> um, you know, and then again, not, not being divisive, not yeah. posting political or thing, any, any content that, uh, that's controversial. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, you know, I know there's a lot of theories and best practices about social media, but I, I would echo that and really boil it down to four pillars of social media content. One is educational. Mm-hmm. So that the more you can educate your, your, your followers, the more like an authority you're going to seem. Um, step two is what I alluded to earlier, the life cycle post of a listing. So um, coming soon, new listing, under contract for sale. Absolutely. Um, each of those could be, so each, every time you get a listing or you, you want to pick a certain listing, there's four posts built in right there. And right. you can repeat those as you need to. Um, Cause you know, honestly, people don't catch that. How many people of your, your followers might see a certain post 10%. Right. So you could post that over and over again. And some people might see it a couple of times, but most people won't recognize that's the same listing. Right. Um, step three, I think it's kind of educational, but like market trends. Hmm. I think the more you can seem like you are following the market and really on top of things, and this could just be a repost from your your uh, MLS board. Right. A lot of them put out good, great content on the market stats. You can just repurpose that, put it out there with your own spin on it, and seem like a market expert. And then four, you alluded to as well as personal stuff. Mm-hmm. People do want to connect with you personally. Yes. Um, and I think if you can just do that, that's, I know that seems like a lot right there, but those things, when people Google you or they look on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, if they see that alone, you're already going to be way ahead of the game. Absolutely. And I think that it, it's important to connect with the fact that you're running a business now, right? So your, your life has to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to, you're running a, a, a public service business, mm-hmm. right? Where information is free. You know, people are going to, like I said, look you up and you want them to see, you know, you an extension of your business, see you as a person and a business person. So look at your social media accounts, like as an extension of your, your business website, mm-hmm. you know, and, and always be sitting, putting your best foot forward. You know, so people yeah, see that. hundred percent. What should these agents be considering before they even go on the appointment? So they, they've got a lead. And the lead's Googling them. Right. And while they're getting Googled, they uh, they should be preparing, right? So what yes. should they be doing before they even get to the appointment? Well, so we're kind of talking right now about that in between, um, you know, someone just noticing you online or maybe they've, you know, someone has said, oh, you should talk about, you know, you should hire Kyle Lindsay or you should hire Jeremy Smith. And they start Googling you. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're talking about the initial contact. And right. I think this is where you need to be prepared. Right. You need to have a process in place. Yes. How does that, what does that look like? What does that first conversation look like? What information do you need from that person um, to go from initial contact into listing appointment? And that, that is a whole series of steps that you need to really think about, get coached on, um, master. What does that conversation look like? And what do you need from that person? And what do you need to convey to them 
as an authoritative professional, like I know what I'm doing. I have a process. Let's meet and talk about your listing. Because really the goal of that first initial contact is, is yes, to get, to get some information, but it's really to set the appointment. You exactly. need to get out in front of them at yeah. the house. Yeah. What sort of things would you recommend an agent do um, or processes that, that they should have in place that they can implement at this stage? So one is the initial conversation. I guess we'll call it a template. Gotcha. Um, what it, the information you're really looking for, or what I look for is property based. Cause it's a really easy, if someone's calling you about a listing, you're trying to build trust. And the first way to do that is to ask about the property. So age of the property, you're, you're confirming public information. So I always go to the tax records and I look up the property or maybe the last MLS listing. If it's been, if it's in the MLS and you confirm all the property facts you need, um, have they done any work since they moved in the age of the property, the actual size, bedroom, bathrooms, square footage, any problems with the property. And once you move into that, that's when you start, start talking about more personal topics about, um, motivation, mm -hmm. um, situation they're in, what are they looking for? Where do they have somewhere to go? Um, and then another, you know, a, uh, a ninja hack here, and it doesn't sound like it, but most agents don't do this. Are they talking to any other agents? Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And it gets left off a lot of conversations. You just assume going in that you might be the only agent because a lot of times you are, but then you get blindsided at the appointment. Okay, cool. Great. Well, we got to talk to two more agents. Right. Teaser later, maybe for, uh, you know, which agent should you be in that order? Right. Exactly. Do you want to be the first or the last? And when I, <laughs> when I coach and train agents, I always tell them like, just assume that you are competing. Mm -hmm. Never go into the, even if it's a friend or a family member, like never go into that appointment thinking you got it. Yeah. Always go in there, guns blazing. You're, you're competing, right? Yes. That, that should always be the assumption there. And then also, you know, part of that, that preparation on what you're going to do before you have the listing. It's as silly as like knowing what you're going to wear. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like knowing, yeah. knowing what documents you need to have with yes. you, knowing what approach using like to your point, using things like spin, mm -hmm. like situation, problem, implication and needs. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, what's their situation? Mm -hmm. You know, what's their AKA motivation? Right. What problem can you come in and solve for them? Mm -hmm. What happens if they don't get that problem solved and what are their needs? Mm -hmm. You know, and if you can get that information prior to going on the, going on the appointment, you're going to be armed with everything that you need to really deliver a, a killer presentation and, and look like an expert. Yeah. You know, one of the best coaches I spoke to, through you know, learning all about listings was, was really winning the listing before you even get there. Yeah. You know, the presentation can most of the time seal the deal, but really if you set yourself up right through this initial conversation and then your follow up before the, the appointment, um, that's where you really convert the, the listing right there. Cause before, by the time you set you, you get there, they're already impressed yeah. because you've already done more than any other agent they've ever spoken to. Absolutely. I remember recently uh, you sent your pre-listing email to a client and uh, that was pretty much the response, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, wow, that, that was really good. Like I've never seen an agent do that before. Mm -hmm. My mind was made up when I got this email. Yeah. Before you even met him in person. Yeah. So that, and that's the process is you have that conversation, you dig in as, as deep as you can. Normally for me, those are 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And really, it's really focused on building trust. And getting the information I need to deliver not only a great appointment, but that great 
pre-listing email right. where you speak to a few more of those pain points, but you're sending them ahead of time. You're sending them your CMA. I know that scares the hell out of some agents just hearing that. Right. You, send them, you send them your CMA, you're sending them your property marketing plan, and you are sending um, you know, some other good information, some questionnaires, things like that, all up front. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would even add on to that. If, if you're daring enough, send them a video too. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm a, you can use bomb bomb. There's so many different things that you can right. use and say, Hey, you know, here's the information I've attached, you know, look through it. I'm excited to meet you guys. Now they get to put a face, you mm-hmm. know, with the voice if they haven't seen you in person before and love that man. Just yeah. very thorough, like very thorough. And, and the thing is you guys like, have you ever heard this saying, like, I don't got, like, if you're getting chased by zombies, you don't got to be the fastest one. You don't be the slowest. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's a similar concept with these emails or with this process is like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you're going to be putting yourself so far ahead of your competition because most people aren't going to this extent that they, they are the slowest. Mm-hmm. You're really competing with 87% of the slowest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's really amazing how many times I show up and I'm asking questions about the other agents I'm competing against. They didn't have an initial conversation, so they didn't Mm -hmm. confirm the home facts. They show up with incomplete data, so they didn't even really actually know how many bedrooms, bathrooms, or, you know, how to build the proper CMA because they didn't have the, you know, how much has changed about the property since the people bought it? Did they do any upgrades? They don't know. Right. Then they show up. They didn't send them any information ahead of time, so they spend, they're, they're there for two or three hours and they're not even talking about the clients wanted to hear about. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when you can preempt most of that and you show up and you are presenting and half the time I look at them and I'm like, Hey, do I even need to finish this? Are you guys ready to sign? (laughs) And they're just like, yeah, let's just go. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I remember going on a listing point with you. That was pretty much it. They're like, I don't have any questions. Let's go ahead and sign this thing. (laughs) And, and so you guys, here's the, the thing here. Honestly, this is for people that want to, this information is for agents that want to excel and get better and better at listings. Yeah. Can you go and, and not do any of this and get listings with friends and family? Yeah, you probably could, you know, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a lot of heartache. There's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be a lack of education. And that's pretty much the extent of your business pool, mm-hmm. right? And, and once your friends and family buy homes, then what? Right. You go wait another three to five years for them to do it again. And, mm-hmm. and and that's only if you did a really good job. Right. Right. So these skill sets are important. So let's talk about some during the listing appointment stuff. What, what should people be doing during the appointment? The appointment itself. And this is where I think most agents get it wrong is they think, again, we're, we're talking about kind of preempting the appointment, but they think the appointment is the time to sell. Hmm. The appointment I think of it almost, and yes, I am selling during the appointment, but I think of it almost as an onboarding session. Right. Because the best way to sell someone and working with you is showing them what it looks like to work with you. Exactly. And so we use a five-stage listing appointment. And the first step, surprisingly, is not the home tour. Right. So, and we don't even call it a home tour. So um, the first step is you come in and they will naturally maybe start trying to show you around and say, hey, before we, we do that... Before we do the home tour, is there a place that we can actually sit down and talk about what I heard on the phone and make sure everything, I got, I got everything right? Right. And then you're going back through and you're confirming the initial appointment. Right. Or the initial conversation. And you're letting them talk more because you'll normally get more out of them at this point. Exactly. You're in their home. You've already had one conversation with them. You've sent them the pre-listing appointment email. They're they're already impressed with you. They're going to give you more than you thought. Mm-hmm. So that that's step one is you sit down and you talk to them. Step two is now what I like to call the home inspection. Right. 
And I preempt this with saying, hey, we want to I'm gonna walk through your home. I want you to show me around on the home inspection. I want to look at it like a buyer would. And, and hey, would you give me permission or would you mind if I looked at this like a buyer's agent and maybe helped you point out some things you might be able to improve? Right. And I also want to hear about your impressions of the property. That almost goes over so much better. It's not a home tour where you have to walk around and act like you're super impressed and you know, because that could work against you in a situation where they want to list more than what you want to. Yes. Now we're, we flipped it and we're looking at it from a buyer's perspective. And that puts me in a lot better position to point out flaws. Yeah. I'm not saying I want to walk around and trash the property, but right. <laughs> I also want permission not to have to gush over things and and make them feel like the home is worth more than it is. Love it. And wh- one way I love asking that question is saying like, hey, w- would you be offended if I if I viewed your property from the lens of a buyer and gave you feedback in alignment with that. Yeah, love that. And there's no, you know, we wouldn't be, you know, of course, walk right. on, walk carefully. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Again, we're not walking through and bashing everything like, yeah. oh, man, you know, who chose this paint color? Right. Yeah. Which <laughs> one of you guys? This paint job sucks. That's too funny. Maybe thinking it, but don't say it. Yeah, right. Don't yeah. say it. Okay. So you came in, you you kind of re re um, reestablish alignment on what their goals are, like mm-hmm. why they're selling and all that stuff. And that builds rapport, man. Yeah. One thing one of my coaches told me was be interested, don't be interesting. Uh, yeah. Right. So now you're being interested. Mm-hmm. You're you're allowing them to talk. Hopefully you're asking really good questions. Mm-hmm. Right. The better quality of questions you ask, the better quality you'll be able to serve them. Yeah. Right. So you've got to really ask good questions. So you're doing that. Now you're doing the the inspection. And what comes after that? Well, after the inspection is our marketing proposal. So we don't call it a listing presentation because that doesn't send the right message. So we right. call it a marketing proposal because what you're really trying to do, honestly, when you really break it down is you're marketing their home. Right. And this is how we're going to propose to do that. And so this is what most agents would traditionally call the listing presentation. And it is a slide deck that we've built. Um, it is a... Frankenstein of my listing presentation, your listing presentation, yeah. which we've take, gotten from our coaches and yeah. then made our own. And now we've mashed it together and it's, you know, it's fantastic. And if we went through the entire thing, it would probably take us 20 to 30 minutes to do. Right. And I don't think it should be any shorter. And I don't think it should be any longer than that. 20 to 30 minutes is the average attention span. Right. Um, and you know, when you hear this, we have a lot of new agents that want to skip around. And we've designed this appointment in a way that the first step is a conversation. Right. But depending on the conversation, you need an emotional break from that because you're talking, you're sharing, you're thinking, you're asking questions. The home inspection is designed to give you that break Mm -hmm. and to build even more trust and rapport. Then you come back to a presentation where you're once again building rapport and trust with them and engaging them in the presentation. Right. Um, this is not your time to stand in front of a podium and lecture at them. This is a collaborative, engaging presentation where you're asking questions, you're getting feedback, and you're doing it in a way that leads them down the path you want them. Yeah, a- absolutely. And you're increasing the rapport because you've built it already. So you're strengthening mm-hmm. your rapport, and, and you're also continuing to solidify your professionalism, Yeah, building their confidence and their trust in you through this presentation, like you said, 20, 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. should, that's all it should take, but it can't be skipped. And one thing that's important for agents to know is when you have a really good marketing proposal, like we call ours, or they may call theirs a listing presentation, but mm-hmm. same thing. Like if you have a good presentation, 
that presentation should educate. Mm -hmm. And so down the road, what we have experienced is when we don't do this presentation, there's questions that would have been answered in the presentation had we have done it, but now we're dealing with frustration down the road, right? And, and we have to be mindful that we're trying to create a really good experience for these people. Yeah. The more we can give them up front, the better we can educate them, set the expectations so that they know what to expect during the process, the better their experience is going to be. So we go into things like, hey, this is you know what we're going to do for photos. This is what we're going to do for advertising. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. Um, this is how showings are going to work, mm -hmm. right? This is what the lockbox looks like. I mean, it sounds rudimentary or whatever that word is. It sounds silly, right? But it's so important. Well, this again is going back to like, I'm not actually at this point. So to take a, even a further like 10,000 foot view away from this for a second, I win probably 90% of my listings during the conversation. Right. Normally I have had listing presentations or appointments, not just a presentation, the whole appointment go three to three and a half hours. But that is only because the conversation at the beginning that I normally slot 10 to 15 minutes for went for an hour and a half. Right. And yeah. I got such a good conversation and so much good information, I probably could have skipped everything else. Yeah. And they would have signed right there, but I don't do that unless it's an extreme case. Right. Um, but I don't do that because, like you said, it, it, the presentation is designed almost like a client onboarding. Yes. Like it answers almost all of their questions before right. you they even have them. Right, right. 100%, man. And, and, uh, and another, again, ninja hack here is if you're – marketing proposal or listing presentation doesn't already speak to the fact of why you're not going to lower your commission. That's why you're getting those questions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's an, it's an objection handler before you even get the objections. hundred percent. Definitely. And then another thing too, with that is people will make decisions with their emotions. Yeah. All the time. Right. Like they'll think, you know, with reasoning and, and data, like, but what makes them move is the emotion. Mm -hmm. So when you're spending that time talking to them, getting to know them, getting to another situation, building trust, building rapport, well, when it comes time for them to to make that decision, it's e it's a much easier decision. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I trust this person. Right. I trust this person. And that is what you have to have. More times than not, you have to establish that trust for them to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you're setting yourself up. You may still get the, the listing signed. But I would venture to say most of your expired, your cancels happened because the, the seller didn't trust you. Yeah. They didn't trust that you had their best interest at heart. So when you propose the the price decrease, they think you're just trying to get a quick sale. Mm -hmm. They don't trust your reasoning behind it. So um, I think delivering this in the proper way is 100% critical to getting this right. Uh, absolutely. There's a quote. I think this was George Washington. It may have been Abraham Lincoln. It's somebody pretty old. But the quote was, hey, if I have five hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four sharpening my axe. Mm -hmm. Preparation. Yeah. Preparation is absolutely freaking key to your success in this. And this is planning before this event ever even transpires. Yeah. And, you know, to speak about that, let me ask you, when was the first time you gave a listing presentation? Was it in front of the client or was it practice beforehand? Dude, I probably did like a few hundred of them in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's really where I would go. Um, I would go into my freaking closet, man, and I would just shadow box listing presentations, man, and just 
record it and say, okay, well, where was that good? Where was that bad? And sometimes I would just segment it. Hey, I'm just going to do this segment right here. Until I can say this with my eyes closed, not looking at anything, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it, you know, keep practicing. So like hundreds of times before I actually really got into the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you're even, you're saying that because I think so many people see such a natural presentation happen and they think, oh, he's just really good at that. Well, I wasn't the first time. Mm -mm. Um, And if you're practicing in front of your clients or I should say uh, my clients, because I'm going to win that if you're practicing right (laughs) Right. in front of them. I did the same thing. I'm really glad you mentioned recording as well, because that's, um, that's something I did. And, you know, I've always heard, you know, professional athletes. Do you think that you would trust a professional athlete that didn't ever watch game film? No. Like you should do it yourself. The easiest, best way to get better is look into it. You don't ever have to share these things, but just record yourself, watch it back, take notes, get better. Yeah. Focus on growth. Over and over and over. Yeah. Focus on growth. Mm -hmm. Focus on learning. And I want to offer everybody listening, we do have a listing mastery course. And what I want to offer them is there's a free portion of this course that is the preparation. It's, It's module number one. Um, and we walk through all the steps that we talked about here in this listing module core, listing mastery course. But I want to offer you guys listening module number one, and that's on how you prepare for your listing. It's going to walk you through all of the steps you would need to take, all the information you'll need to gather, where you need to gather it from, and how to really prepare properly to be able to win at that listing appointment. And then again, we're going to create another episode here where we're going to go over the five easiest ways to actually get listing appointments that you can go out and, and show what you've learned. Yes. Yeah. Cause you can't conduct listing appointments unless you actually get leads. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that's one. a critical step that we didn't talk about here. Um, but, but we will talk about that. Kyle, any last words for our listeners who are thinking about becoming better listing agents? Yeah, one the, number one is is really just you can do this. You can if you got if you have your real estate license, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You took the courses, you passed the test, you have the skills inside of you, but it takes practice. Right. I think it's very easy to to look at and look at someone who's doing this already and want to skip straight to that level and right. forget the years of hard work that were in between those two steps. The first time you do this, you're going to suck. Mm-hmm. that's okay. The next time you'll be a little bit better and a little bit better. So keep practicing and keep refining. Every single time I make a, I, I close a listing, there's, there's a sit rep, mm-hmm. you know, how did I do? Yep. What could, what could be better? Where did I screw up? Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes I make the same mistakes. I try not to do that twice, but you know, you learn, you learn every single time and just so stick with it. You can do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would add to that to say that, uh, not only can you do it, you're capable of doing it, you've passed your license, but don't skip steps. Mm, yeah. Do not skip steps. It's like like baking a cake. Mm-hmm. Forget the eggs, your cake's going to taste like shit, right? It's the same thing here. If you skip the step for the, the sake of speed, I want to hurry up and get there. there, there there's no shortcut. Mm-hmm. The only shortcut is more work right? More practice, more effort. Don't skip the steps. You're shorting yourself. You're shorting your clients. You're shorting your business. You're shorting the people in your life that depend on you to have success. So 
take that shit seriously. You mm-hmm. know, focus on mastering every one of these steps like a like, like a professional. You know, yeah. going back to the beginning, be that professional. Don't wing it. Don't be average. If you can rise above the 87% that are average and below, you can be in that top even 5% that are doing 80% of the business. Yeah. You know, we, we spoke last episode all about time management. And I will tell you, if you don't have listings, you don't have clients at the moment, what are you doing with your day? You should mm-hmm. be practicing. Absolutely. Practice, practice, practice until you have the clients. Absolutely. And if there's anything that we can do to help mm-hmm. you with that, feel free to reach out. That is exactly what we're here for to help you grow in your real estate business in any way we can. I'm Jeremy Smith. This is Kyle Lindsay. And I believe this is a wrap. How do you feel? Great episode. All right, guys, enjoy it. We'll see you next one. Peace.